All right, and this week on Over Here, we're here with Aubrey Johnson, a great vocalist up in the Northeast, up in New York City now, right? That's right. And you got debut release coming out uh, March 20th. How does it feel to finally have it kind of wrapping up like it, like we're in the, the final push, you know, the final countdown? It feels great. It's been a really long <laughs> process. You guys have been awesome, and um, I'm just really excited to get the music out into the world. How does it, um, how, how different was it for you? Cause you know, I don't know, I'm sure you've done some other recordings and whatnot, but like, this is the first one where it's like, it's your, it's your baby. Like it's your project. You're the band leader and whatnot. Like, was that overwhelming or, or daunting or, or how'd you work through that? Hmm. Um, yeah, let's see. So I have done a lot of recordings with other people and yeah. that, yeah, that's pretty, you know, that's pretty easy. <laughs> Just go in there and do your job. And, um, this has been like a, for me, it's been like a two and a half year process, actually, and kind of having to do everything myself because um, I finished the whole record before I found the record label. So um, it's been a really interesting process, but I have to say it's been fun. And I feel like now that I've done it, I I just want to do it again and do it faster. <laughs> uh, so what, um, you know, now that you're kind of on the other side, I guess, of actually making the record. Are there are there certain things that you think like you've learned that you're going to adjust specifically for next time? Or like, have you just been like, actually, this went really smoothly. It's just now speeding up the timeline with it. Or how yeah, would you adjust for record two? I think it's the latter, just speeding up the timeline. Because I, I think every time that I dragged my feet, <laughs> it yeah. like it made everything else like drag even like twice as long as however I took, you know. So I think it would be that. That's all. That's all. Everything else I'm really, really happy with. So that's good. That's awesome, man. I, cause you know, there's so many, um, mixed experiences I think people have. Like, I don't think it's ever negative, you know, but like mm -hmm. someone, like th there's certain things that you learn from doing your first album where you're like, this will not go this way on album <laughs> two, or maybe you're like, this went really well. And that's how it all go. So where did you, where'd the music come from for this? Was there like a, a set, um, idea that you wanted to do about it? Was it just, stuff you've loved that you've you've arranged and written or or how did that all come together um yeah so it's kind of interesting i started working with this band that's on the record in new york in i think like 2013 a long time ago and i wanted to record the initial idea was to record and then over time i kind of felt like oh i'm just not ready as an artist at all to record and put something out there and so I was just playing a lot of gigs with the same people and um and it I was really relaxed about it in that I wasn't putting the pressure on to record so like each gig I would add one or two new tunes and we work it through and you know tunes and arrangements would cycle in and out and um so since we played together for so long it was like I guess 4 or 5 years before we recorded um what we finally recorded was just like the best stuff from our sets that we'd been performing around the city um so it was pretty organic in that way. How, um, cause you brought up a really interesting point that I think a lot of people struggle with maybe, and they don't vocally acknowledge it. You know, the idea of like mm -hmm. not feeling ready. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you ever cope with that type thing? You know, was there, did, was it really just the, the, the comfort of being like, these are people I've played with for so many years, or was there like another moment where you're just like, you know what, that's, like that's not a healthy mindset or what not to go into. Cause I don't know if anyone ever actually feels 
like ready, like this is it, you know, this is my kind of blue or whatever. But yeah. how did you how did you deal with that? Um, well, com- complicated, but I think yeah. it, in the end, it was actually that the piano player in the band um, got a gig with the Airman of Note and he was going to be leaving. <laughs> and uh, one of my good friends like took me aside and was like, hey, man, you got to record. If you don't do this now, it's never going to happen. And I, you know, I was convinced after a few times of him telling me this. And so I just put a date in the books and I was like, all right, we're just going to record what we've been playing and we're just going to do it. And now looking back at what we did record, I feel like, oh, of course we should have recorded this. This was it's the perfect set of music for an album. It's exactly how it should be, you know? So right. <laughs> it's, it it's interesting how that happens. I mean, mm-hmm. I know there's other people that say like, yeah, I just sat in a recording session. Like I hadn't written the music, but I knew by that date, like it had to be written. So mm-hmm. um, I actually had tried to do that in the past and that yeah. didn't work, <laughs> but this finally <laughs> did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you, you're up in the Northeast now. You're, are you originally from New York or, or where, where's your background? So I'm from Wisconsin okay. and uh, Green Bay. And then I went to undergrad in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Western Michigan University. And then I moved to Boston for grad school and went to New England Conservatory. And then I moved here about eight years ago in New York. And how are you liking, I mean, I I don't know. I guess Boston is certainly very different than Kalamazoo and whatnot. New Mm -hmm. York's different. How are you liking the city life? How are you, how had, how, how have you feel like that's grown you as, as a musician? Is it something that you think like, had to have been part of your career, like you always felt the desire to do that, or is it something that, like, looking back, you know, it's been good? You know, what, like, what are your what are your feelings? I feel like so many people have mixed interpretations nowadays with like where technology is at. There isn't as much of like a desire or or necessity to live in New York City. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I personally love New York. Um, ever since I moved here, it just felt like the right place for me to live. I love the energy. I love the incredibly high standards and all the people that it attracts just by being what it is. And of course, love all the access to all kinds of the best art in the world and all of that. It just, I really wouldn't want to be anywhere else, honestly. But, uh, I wasn't always sure I wanted to live here. It was sort of like after I moved to Boston, it kind of seemed like the natural progression for most people I knew. And so I just kind of went along with it, but but now I just feels absolutely right. So it's been really important. Yeah. Yeah. That's good though. You know, where it's like that moment of like reassuring, I guess, almost like looking back, like this was, this is cool. Like this was definitely uh, the move for, for you or whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. It's so, it's so nuts. So you put out this record or you're putting out this record, excuse me, that is coming out now in end of the week. Uh, cause it's March 16th now while we're recording this, what, what's next? Like, do you, do you, do you, I know you said like you already want to do another record. Like what, how, how is your brain already that far ahead? You know, cause like, this is just coming out pivotal. Do you already have ideas going on a new, new band? Do you write a lot? Like, what is your inspiration that keeps pushing you on and on when like one project is just now finishing up? Um, I think yeah, well, the fact that it took such a long time has to be, for me at least, has to be part of that because I've been kind of itching to have something new come out. But also, like, just the, the the act of putting something out is so incredibly cool. I think the natural uh, feeling is that oh, I just want to do more of this, you know. And 
I had thought about doing a, a new project with a different band. Um, but now I'm feeling like I want to do another one with the same band because I think there's, you know, more things that I want to write for these people. And now that I've done it this way, I feel like there's even more uh, territory I want to explore, more ways I want to push myself. So, so yeah. And I just, I just feel like I want to keep making records as often as I can, you know, as often as it's possible. How, you know, cause as, um, as a vocalist, I'm sure you, or honestly, as any musician, like there's often times where you're not working with a band, you know, you're going in and like, you're working with just people you called for a gig and it, it might, it might be a friend or someone you've played with before, but it's not a band, you know, how has that changed? Do you, like, I, there are some people who go and make records, you know, and just hire friends or different musicians as freelance and, and they make a great record because they're, they're just great musicians. But would you say it's definitely a little bit different to have a band? Like, you know, you're knowing Chris, the pianist, you're knowing Jeremy, like you're writing for them. How has that influenced you or, or maybe your sound or whatnot? Or Yeah, I think it's been huge. I mean, personally, I do like to like kind of put things together on the fly sometimes, but I really love um, when I have the chance like to, like you said, really know people, really write for for them and and have the chance to work through the music with them so that it feels really good. You know, I, I like a lot of my stuff is pretty um, heavily arranged and uh, it needs to be really nuanced and shaped in certain ways um, to make it sound the way I want it to sound. And in that way, you know, it's definitely still jazz, but it has some like sensibility of, of classical music and of pop music. That's more of my... Um, my vibe is just having stuff that's like really polished and put together, but that feels lived in and organic and that can only come from playing it a lot with the same people, I think. Yeah. 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 So, but you also, you're teaching too right now, right? Like you, I know you hold a couple of positions at universities up in, in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I teach at Berkeley college of music in Boston. I fly there one day a week. And I also teach in the jazz graduate program at Queens College and then just a couple students at City College and LaGuardia Community College. So it's a lot of, a lot of teaching. Yeah. But. Wow. I mean, it's like that's that's a lot to, to add on to everything, you know, gigging and, and, and recording and everything. So what what has this brought to to your classroom? You know, is there stuff like looking back on this now that you are like? this is definitely advice. I wish someone had told me like stuff that you're bringing to your students to help prepare them theoretically for this kind of a life. Oh, totally. <laughs> Tons of stuff. <laughs> I feel like before I did this, I, I thought that I knew um, because I had done so much work as a side person, done a bunch of my own gigs. But now that I've done it, I feel like there's, there's just no, um, no replacement for the experience of making your own record. And I'm so glad that I now have that experience to share with my students because it's super, super important. And there's lots of different advice that I would give them. But one of the main things would be, is just to like, don't wait too long. You know, don't, don't spend so much time thinking you're not ready and you're not good enough. Um, Cause kind of like you said, like, yeah, you'll never really feel totally ready. It's important just to like, to make music and keep moving and, you know, be an artist, put art out into the world. I think that's very simple advice, but stuff that I can now uh, personally say is very true. Yeah. It's, it's tough because I think for other professions or, or people that study something not artistic 
in college, you know, like getting that degree or that job out of college is like kind of the uh, like the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, we and I mean, not for some reason, obviously, we seem to put like a lot of weight, you know, on on like that first record. And it's like, you you know, everyone comes out and they're like, this is going to be it's got to be the best thing ever. But like, come on, (laughs) you know, Miles Davis wasn't doing all that great of stuff. Like it was still great. But like looking back on everything now, like who would have thought where they, where he started, like he would end up where he went, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. I think the point is you have to just start and then, you know, you'll reach your peak, not at the first record, (laughs) but hopefully, you know, somewhere in the middle or at the end. I don't know. So, okay, here's an interesting question. Um, I'm a trumpet player, you know, instrumentalist, like that's, that's the world I live in and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you are vocalist, you know, obviously teaching a lot of vocal majors and everything. What advice do you have for instrumentalists that want to go work with vocalists? Because I feel like at a lot of schools and even in the world nowadays, you know, it's not as common for people to have that experience of working with a vocalist unless it's just like random gigs here or there or, maybe backing in more of like a wedding band or, or a pop band scene and whatnot. So what do you guys or, or girls, like, what do you, what do you want more from us? What advice do you have for a horn player that's going to go work with a, with the vocalist or even a rhythm section player that's going to go work with the vocalist to try and make that transition a little bit smoother or, or more natural or more comfortable for them? Yeah, that's, that's a really nice question. I, let me think for a second. I have two, maybe two parts of my answer. One is like, if you're, if you're called to work with them, um, it's a different context than if you're like going to hire them or something to be part of your project. But I think, you know, respect is important. (laughs) Just that there's, you know, there's some misconceptions about vocalists not knowing what's going on and all of that. And, you know, with education the way it is now, there are a lot more vocalists that are very well educated and, you know, can function at a much higher level than people think they can. And yeah. sometimes what we're up against when we enter a new situation with new people is having this feeling of like, the first thing I have to do is prove myself, is prove that I'm not stupid, prove that I know what I'm doing. And that's a lot of stress, you know, and, and pressure when you first meet new people. And I, I'm sure other people, other instrumentalists feel that too, but, the, but this is kind of an ongoing thing for us. Like, even if you're really accomplished, you still have this feeling, oh, I have to prove myself because people automatically think I'm not good or something. Um, so I think for instrumentalists, I'd say like, just, you know, go into a situation, not assuming the vocalist doesn't know what's going on. Go into assuming that the vocalist is a very competent musician who you can collaborate with, you know, and then, and then go from there, see what, what they actually present to you. Um, cause that really helps us, you know, when we feel supported, I think it's really nice. Yeah. Um, and, and then on the other end, I'd say like, I also think that it would be super cool if instrumentalists like included vocalists more often in what they do, you know, the vocalists can do more than sing melodies. A lot of vocalists can like sing instrumental melodies. They can sing background parts, be textural, they can improvise. And I think if the, the more the collaboration is in those ways between vocal and instrumentalists, the better the music can be, you know, because vocal often gets put into like one category. It's like sing words only, sing the melody only, and then, you know, sit down, but there's a lot more than we could do. And it can be really awesome to collaborate. I always love when people call me to sing their music. It's one of my favorite things to do actually. So I'd say, yeah, it's, it's, it's nuts. Cause you know, like I think people, 
picture stuff, you know, p- people like Billie Holiday or like Ella, and it's nothing talking down about them, but there are other people that can do things like a Bobby McFerrin that's not just singing lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, um, that's awesome. It's, it's so cool that, uh, the versatility of it were not, and it's, it's certainly something that I don't think a lot of people are, um, not that they're not open to, but they're just not exposed to it. Exactly. You know, it's, it's just like a little intimidating. They just don't realize. Yeah. And I, yeah. actually, there's one more thing. I know I already spent a long time yeah, talking about yeah. it, but I also, as a singer, I love when, if somebody wants to work with me, I love when they try to understand my particular instrument because the voice, mm. like everyone's voice is different. So like, and everyone, you know, is even more than like every instrument is different or everyone's sound is different. Like the voice is like, so individual. So when you work with a singer and you can actually write for their voice and write for their abilities and all that stuff, um, everything is better because you can actually like get the best out of, out of people that way. So I think that's more advice I'd give too. Yeah. It's cause you know, yeah, everyone has their same, you know, like their different sounds, but I feel like even when you're looking at a, like a saxophone, you know, they might approach things differently, but you know, for the general idea, how a saxophone is going to work, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit different yeah. with, with vocals. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, here's, here's a different question. You know, there, I think, again, from an instrumentalist perspective, you know, we're always told from teachers and, and other musicians, like the importance of learning the lyrics mm-hmm. to like a standard or, or whatnot. And obviously, as a vocalist, like you're expected to know the lyrics. Um, but what, like, can you kind of shed some light on how you dive more into that? Because I think that a lot of times for even instrumentals, it can be hard to to break down. Like they might learn the lyrics, but they don't actually understand the lyrics or or know how to approach the lyrics and comprehend and, and like use them as as a resource rather than just like as a fact that they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my first advice would be to just sing the lyrics, you know, not just memorize them in your head, is actually to sing them and, and find versions, interpretations you like that singers have sung. And um, and then you can look at it like as a piece of poetry, you know, go go line by line and read it out loud and uh, and think about what it means to you. That's what I have my students do. Like we might summarize it and then we might look at each line and think about different ways that the lines could be interpreted. And, uh, and I think that that's how I approach it. I mean, just think about it like poetry, like you did in English class, you know, and find, find the meaning that way. <laughs> but I also have a, a thing about lyrics, which is maybe an unpopular opinion, which is that you can kind of look at them two ways. And one is like, you know, find this deep meaning and think of each line as being something you need to interpret specifically or as having like an overall feeling of of the lyric of what the words sure. mean and and bringing that to how you perform it and really finding more of the nuance inside the sound of the actual words if that like each word has a, a an emotion like a, each like consonant and vowel kind of brings out something which is why we assign those sounds to um to mean those things in the first place when language is created so i i have students kind of like just lean into the actual feeling and sound of the word on a on a more surface level and let, and find what meaning that has in it as well. That probably sounds <laughs> kind of crazy, but I think no, no, no. It, it also helps when singing in foreign languages too. Like that stuff really has meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's like really interesting about it because you know, my, 
like I went to Florida State University. They did not have a, a a jazz vocal program, but obviously they had like the whole classical thing. So keep people are going around learning like German and French and, and Italian and everything. And you hear them studying like the syllables there, but that also kind of shines some light on like the idea of like scatting and, mm-hmm. and, and vocalizing mm-hmm. and whatnot. Because I think so many, like I, I even asked a vocalist one time, like when you transcribe someone scatting, you know, how important it is, is it for you to actually get like just the shape of the lines and like the actual melody that's going down versus like the actual syllables that they're using and like understanding that there is an association with the syllables that go around it. You know, it's not just nonsensical at that point. Like there, there is a reason that those are used. And, and that's, so that's really interesting that like you brought up, like the, the certain syllables and vowels do have like a nuance to them and, and understanding that as well. But it, I don't think it sounds nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's looking at it like a micro and a, and a macro level and, and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. You brought up syllables too, because what I tell my students about someone says like, how do I pick the syllables? It's like, you don't really pick the syllables. You figure out the articulation, you know, just like a horn player would think. And I li- listen mm-hmm. to a horn player and find a syllable that, that goes with the way they articulate later the note. And it's really the exact same thing. And, and that's actually cool too, to think about articulation, having some kind of inherent meaning that we can't really quite describe, you know? So maybe it's, it's yeah. all connected, I think. Was that, um, was that weird for you at first? Like, did you grow up scatting and vocalizing like that? Or did that, was that like a sense of like a, a little bit uncomfortable to kind of get away from words and getting more to like just singing lines and, and pitches that weren't, you know, like. Uh, like lyrics and whatnot? Um, it wasn't weird for me at all, actually, because I grew up um, listening to... So my uncle, uh, Lyle Mays, the keyboard player and co-founder of the mm-hmm. Pat Metheny Group, I grew up listening to their yeah. music, and they have singers um, doing wordless vocal stuff. And so right, I was right. literally listening to that from day one, and it felt like the most natural thing in the world. And then when I started playing piano when I was like seven... I would always sing along with everything I played. Like no one told me to do it. I just did. And it, I thought like, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> like, am, am I not right, supposed right. to do that? Yeah. So um, when I started singing jazz, which really wasn't until high school, um, it didn't seem like a transition at all. It felt like the most natural thing, like just, you know, like, like I was saying, articulation, like get what you want to get out um, with your voice instead of with an instrument and articulate it in the right way. And that means pick the right syllables. So yeah, that was always really natural, which is good. So how does that um, play into writing for you? You know, is it is it a thing where you kind of sit down at the piano and the harmony happens that you kind of figure out and then you sing over that for a while? Or does it come the reverse where there's like a melody that you just can't get out of your head and you're trying to find harmony to fit with it or, or a combination thereof? Or what's your method? Yeah, I think it's a combination. But sometimes like if I want to start writing a new song and I don't have any particular, you know, goal just to like, you know, find something new. I'll improvise on piano and voice for a while until I find something, but yeah, it's usually happening together. Um, but then, yeah, I'll probably sing something and then find harmony for it. Or, or sometimes the opposite. I'll find, I won't sing and I'll find like a really cool piano motif or something that I want to put something to. Yeah. It's a few different yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, it gets tough. I find that, like, the one thing that struggles with, you know, I definitely will never claim to be a pianist by any means. And you'll, you'll like, learn something and you, 
you find some harmony that you think you like, and then you take it to a pianist and just their voicing of it has like changed yeah. the entire sound of whatever you just did. And it was like, okay, wait, what was that? And he's like, that was just a G7. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. That was not the G7. I know how yeah. to do. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Um, that's awesome. So what's coming up for you? I know like we're kind of in, in, in limbo in, in everything coming up, but what's, What's next for you? Like, what shows do you still have going on? If if you know of, you know, what where can people catch you or <laughs> or listen to? I know we got uh, a new video is coming out. Yeah. I think with the release as That's well. That's right, a new video on Friday of my composition "Lie in Wait." Um, well, yeah, all the gigs have been canceled for the time being, but um, my CD release, which was supposed to be on Friday, has actually already been rescheduled for September 18th at Rockwood Music Hall. So at least. Okay. have that to look forward to um and yeah, beyond yeah, yeah. that you know right now i'm not really sure <clears throat> but <laughs> we'll see a great time to work on that next yeah exactly that you that I you have a whole to lot of time yeah. to do that <laughs> yeah um well i want to leave you with uh, a one last curveball that i try to throw <laughs> at people um we spend the entire time talking about music and everything um but what do you like to do like what are your hobbies that are not music when, when you try to escape this world of singing or, or writing or gigging and teaching, like in the, you know, tons of free time, I'm sure you have. So much. What's, what's your escape? <laughs> um, well, for me, it's running. Um, I ran my second marathon last year, the New York marathon. And uh, right on. yeah, so that's, that's definitely my escape. It's good for mental health too. And just, you know, so I run a lot and, you know, I love reading too. I love cooking. <laughs> um, I like to dance for fun, you know, kind of the main stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's it's just, it's fun to find out, you know, like learn more about an individual. You know, you'll ask some people, and then all of a sudden they're just like, "Oh, wait, I actually don't know." <laughs> yeah, it's what I, they're like thinking about the books I read, and we're like, "Well, no, wait, hold on, that was actually just a music book." Yeah. I read, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of like that too. Um, <laughs> hey, it's cool. It's cool. We it's 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 great to be passionate about something <laughs> like that, but uh. Look, thanks so much for coming on, Aubrey. Your new album uh, comes out everywhere Friday, March 20th, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, all of that stuff. New show for September. You said 28th? Uh, 18th. Yep. 18th. 18th for the album release. That'll be up on social media everywhere at the Rockwood Music Hall. Uh, so definitely check that out. I'm sure everything will be hopefully back to normal. You know, by then we got it. We got some time mm -hmm. out. Um. But hey, look, congratulations again on the new release and thanks Thank so much. Thank you so much for having me.